0: Yeah. Sure.
1: Everybody, welcome to another installment of Show to Be with Mike G, the show of life, the show of travel, the show of biking, being healthy, and drinking all things agave. Just a few weeks back, I had a tasting at the house. You know, I've had these kind of series of tastings over the past couple of years with, with friends of mine, and I'm, no better way to drink mezcal, right, than just be at home and hang out with some great people. But, and I talk about the story of how I met Cameron Hulk from fidencio spirits but we had a great night after this conversation lots of mescal shared lots of great distillate shared and it's a pleasure getting to talk to someone who seems older doesn't look older but seems older wiser more mature and all of that so i can't wait to see what cameron does with his career so without further ado i hope you guys enjoy this great chat with cameron hulk
2: Honestly, I'm just like, I was telling Leslie, my, my partner yesterday, when I told her that I was doing this with you, I'm like, is it weird that I feel like I've made it because I'm going to be on a podcast with Mike <laughs> G, you know, like That's... to me, it's like, it's an honor to be here. You know, I, I never, Thanks. just cause you, you know, this, this is, I'm getting to the point where people, yeah, want to hear my story a little bit and I'm starting to have a story to tell, um, which hasn't been something that I've been, like, aiming for or seeking to have. I've just been really, like, chasing my own passions as much as I possibly could. Right. And now, like, now I get to talk about it a little bit more. It's weird, right? Because most I spend most of my time listening. Yeah, I think yeah.
1: we both do. I think that there's, I wouldn't say it's a strategy, but you, you learn the most when you listen, yeah? Yeah. It's yeah. like, a, for me, I always tell people it's like 80-20, 80-you, 20-me. Yeah. And that's why I fucking hate Joe, Gro- Joe Brogan. <laughs> 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 yes, I mean, do you listen? And, and this is not, for I, this. I'm not politicizing this. <laughs> I, I promise. But do you listen to him at all?
2: Uh, no, but I listened to a really long podcast about him and how he, about the whole blow up that he had like yeah. a couple months ago or something. So like, that's that's the most I know about him, which was a lot of information.
1: It's a lot. But you know, it's funny, Is like people, they're like, well, he's a great, he's a, I love his show. I'm like, I actually don't give a shit about the show. He's just not a good interviewer, so <laughs> so I won't, I won't. listen, it's a real stupid reason to get upset about it. But I'm like, I'm just not going to listen to him. anyway. But so <laughs> your story, it's a very vast one. But I want to give listeners kind of like a backdrop to something that they wouldn't know otherwise, because no interview will ever ask you this, because no other interviewer went driving out to Blanco, Texas, when it was about twenty-five fucking degrees <laughs> um, to harvest so tall, right? And so I remember we, we get we did. That harvest together, which was it, eventually became beautiful. But getting out there and it was so
2: windy, and so it was, cold and it was shit. cold, windy day, man.
1: But I saw you bust your ass to just get the work done. And I think it was either that evening or a day after I talked to Ark. Was I guess your boss? Not that he would ever say that. And I'm like, you made the right fucking decision, man, <laughs> because you got a guy who's gonna really understand it, has done it, and We'll work hard you know and so I ask you that or I mention that because is this something that runs in the family like good hard work ethic
2: yeah I think so I mean I think you know I've learned good work ethic from both sides of my family but as far in, in the sense of like hard physical labor work ethic yeah. um my dad's side of the family we've got about 250 acres out near Bastrop oh, and it's right. never been like you know this big thing but we would go out as kids and then My dad, he continues to manage it just to keep it up and don't let it get overtaken by mesquite trees and stuff. So we go out and and cut trees and and spray mesquite trees and, you know, just take care of stuff every once in a while. And I'm by no means like a laborer, you know, like you can, uh, my hands are not calloused, you know, but but when it comes to a day of it, you know, I can get a chainsaw or I can get a koa or whatever, and I'm going to put every bit of it, that I have into it, because why else would I be out there, you know? Right. Um. So, like, yeah, thank you for acknowledging that, because, like I told you, my my body hurt for days, <laughs> man. Yeah, I love it. But love it was it. so worth it. And then getting, and then I got to taste the, yeah. the spirit that you made from, from those plants that we harvested, and it was just pure magic, you know? I could feel the energy coming back into me those many months later. <laughs> it's it, it weird, yeah. because you,
1: you <clears throat> and this is, Always a line that I, I want to put, in, not in the sand, but the way that I, I understand people. There are those who criticize and and just talk shit, and there's those who create. And the thing is, is that for y'all to come out and kind of support me in that, I knew it'd be worth it in that respect, right? Because the thing about any spirit and all the stuff that's in your portfolio, the rumbes or east, and all of it, and like rancho it takes you to a place, and unless you bend to the place. It's not exactly the same. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I, I find that a really big piece of it. But actually, why I asked you kind of about the, mer- the the manual labor part, you know, you're in the industry. Obviously, you've been doing this for a long time. Do you think that? And I wouldn't say it's because of age or, or any millennial, not any of that. But do you see the willingness to do actual hard work, hard labor that people are less and less inclined to do it these days?
2: Oh, that's that's interesting. I don't I don't know because I like I feel. Like, I definitely know people that are less inclined to do it. Yeah. Um, but I've also met plenty of people that work their butts off to to accomplish whatever goal they're trying to have. So I think maybe it's been a little bit more of a shift in demographics. Um, and I think definitely over the last couple of years, some of us have gotten, myself included, a little bit softer because of COVID <laughs> here and there. Yep. Um, but no, I, th- I think... I think people still want to get out there and do stuff. You know, I think people still want to go out and work. And maybe it's just that we tend to surround ourselves with those people. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. I don't. I think like when we find somebody that doesn't give a shit, we tend to stray away from them. Yeah. So I think continuing to surround yourself by people that care and, and want, and you, and you want, you know, like-minded people, right? Mm-hmm.
1: It lifts you up too. Yeah. Because like, I don't know if I can do it. I'm like, no, you can do it. Yeah. You think? You? You think I can do it? All right. Well, <laughs> <laughs> then we'll... We'll get at it. You know, it's funny, too. It just doesn't decide. I was typing on the computer earlier. I was in a meeting, and I, I look at my hand. Because I, I kind of take pride in some of the scars I've got from agave and sotol. And yeah, so. you should, man. And like I got this massive scar. My like finger didn't grow back right. Anyway, uh, that looks nasty. Yeah, it's though. pretty gnarly. <laughs> right. um, but I found an espina in my in my wrist this morning. No kidding. Because I went chopping a quixote down with this friend of mine. <laughs> and that, that's how you know you're willing to put the work in anyway. Yeah. But I do wonder where the shift occurs cuz your LinkedIn intro about yourself is pretty telling man. It's pretty good because oh, man, any, I
2: haven't read that thing in a, at least a year. <laughs> much of it,
1: it it really kind of fills in the narrative in a pretty clean way. You're talking mm-hmm. about the the van life and stuff in there and I am like this is like a really nice transparent bio for someone to write about themselves or maybe Leslie I don't you know I don't know. But you're studying you you grew up here though around I these did. parts
2: i grew up in pflugerville yeah. until i was 18 and i you know i'm out here for the week um from louisiana i live in lafayette now and so i'm out here for the week and i'm staying with my with my mom and stepdad up in pflugerville and i just had lunch with my dad today off of 51st street and so you know it's yeah it's it's this is my hometown in many ways even though i left more than 10 years ago because you're you're what 30 now i'm 29 oh shit not even yeah. 30 yet. yeah yeah
1: we're making big waves for t- some some young kid. Oh, just r- just ripples, brother. Just <laughs> ripples. <laughs> well, so what kind of shit were you getting into? Because I, I, am you're, to me, you're so smart and like so connected and present. Were you a math kid? Were you getting into trouble? Like, where's where was your brain out with school?
2: I never really got into much trouble. Uh, maybe I just wasn't, or I was good at not getting caught. Maybe, but I, but I sure. didn't cause too much trouble either. Um, and and so I think you know there was a big shift. Um, after high school. So I took a gap year and I and I flew to South America um, at the end of the summer when all my friends were going to college. I flew to South America with a bike mm. and planned this bicycle tour from Lima, Peru, uh, th- through the mountains, through Bolivia, through Chile. And I started it by myself, you know, in this big mm-hmm. city in, in a country that I really spoke very little of the language. Um, <clears throat> and it was really fun freaking hard man like I had no idea how hard it would be physically being up that high in the mountain oh right, all right time. but more importantly I had I vastly underestimated how lonely I would have been or, oh. or how lonely I would be and that proved to be the hardest thing for sure you know like I thought I was in as many people do when you're 18 yeah. you think you're invincible and in many ways I proved that I was because I had really I had a lot of hardships but what I learned is, I guess like part of that humble quality of me started to set in. Then, mm-hmm. so after just a few weeks, I was getting my butt kicked, and I decided to send the bike home, buy a backpack, mm-hmm. start backpacking, take mm-hmm. buses, you know, like continue this adventure. So I did that, and that was hard in itself. You know, I-, I I sent my Raleigh Sojourn touring bike home in a big box with about a million. Peru postage stamps on it. <laughs> and it ended <laughs> up in Texas like six weeks later. I can't believe it actually made That's it. That's great. Um and then started backpacking. But then and then that was pretty good. But then I got my day pack stolen, had my passport in it, oh, had my fuck. money. I had one credit card in my other pack. And so I go home or I go back to Lima for like a third time now. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like completely demolished. And this is about a month in. You know, like a yeah. lot has happened in where,
1: where did it get stolen in your pack? Uh
2: Ayucucho, outside of um this Big canyon that you're supposed to go see the flying condors and stuff. Wow. So I was at a bus stop and uh, they just totally, or, or I was at a restaurant outside a bus stop and they just totally tricked me. You know, like they, they, they targeted me. The people in the restaurant they sat me in a really vulnerable spot, uh-huh. and before I even had turned around, my pack was gone in a taxi. Like heard oh, the wheel okay, squeal shit. and all that. So I learned a lot in that moment for that's, sure. That's big, man. Um, but yeah, so all and then, you know, I, I basically. You know, I, I called my parents and I was like in tears, like the hell am I supposed to do now? You know, mm-hmm. and um, <clears throat> as much as they wanted to tell me to come home, they said, wait, wait it out for a few days, see how you feel, get your passport, you know, figure it out. And I did that. And then I met some guys. I ended up traveling with them for three more months. Wow. And it was so like I, 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 I tend to kind of split my life up into sections here and there. But that was de- that's definitely one of the most defining sections of my life. That single month in Peru when I was 18. It really changed my life and set a direction for who I was going to be as a person in certain ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I was really, really grateful for it.
1: Man, yeah, that's, fa- that's fascinating. I didn't know that. Yeah. And when you said lonely, because I'm going to... People can scoff at this shit, but I'll say, the, I'll say the thing in a second. But were you dating someone when you went out there?
2: Uh, not really. We, okay. you know, like high school sweetheart kind of thing, like had mostly decided to go separate ways. Yeah. But
1: so then it was a re- truly... A clean break on your own
2: yeah I think so you know like it, it I think it was probably a little uh a little blurry for mm. for for me uh that's a long time ago um, yeah. Yeah, sure, <laughs> but sure. yeah definitely a little blurry but yeah so but there, you know there there is there's that one aspect of leaving all your friends and your family and being on your own and then starting to run into people that you get to know a little bit but that's in Spanish usually. Mm -hmm. And then once I was like up in the mountains and it was more like, you know, uh, indigenous style dialects, I couldn't, I got nothing, you Mm -hmm. know? And Mm -hmm. then, then I was truly alone and I was looked at like a stranger and I wasn't comfortable with relating to people in uncomfortable situations yet. Mm. So it was, it was very, I was truly by myself for the first time ever. Man, that is again, that's so fascinating to me. So I,
1: I don't know that I've ever been in that. The, the closest is in China, maybe.
2: Yeah.
1: Or I, I can, I could try to speak Chinese. It's just, <laughs> it's just hard, difficult, you know. But not, not like that. Never felt alone like that.
2: Yeah.
1: Do you ever feel alone? There, there any not in the same way necessarily, but are there moments in your life still where you have those places of loneliness? And I know you got a great partner, a great job, and all that. But still, sometimes, for instance, if I feel misunderstood very very lonely place yeah does that ever come up still as you're growing and learning about yourself
2: um not so much actually you know it's there, there's a little bit of that when you're on the road and you're meeting a million people in a day you mm-hmm. know and you just feel like you you don't get to know anybody and yeah. i feel like we both get this like we're people that want to sit down and know someone you know yeah and so when sure. when you don't get that satisf- satisfaction out of a conversation um that can be a little lonely, but that's it's it's that's temporary. And honestly, these days, I usually choose to go out and be alone as recovery. So, like mm-hmm. you know, the the recharging of an of I guess an extrovert versus an introvert. That's something that I've talked about with people a lot because I I don't really know which side I truly lie on, but mm-hmm, I am mm-hmm. recharged when I'm by myself. So, they like same, same. every once in a while, you know, Leslie will be like, yeah, you know, you go out on a bike ride, you know, like if yeah. if I can get a three-hour mountain bike ride in once a week that's like that's enough recharge for me that's great yeah
1: yeah so here's the the cringeworthy thing i was gonna say or cringe rather i i really think and this oh god i don't i don't care all right i think aquariuses do this i think we're isolating we're both extroverts and introverts
0: yeah
1: extroverts when we want but the only way that we want is after we've had the time
2: you're totally right man you know totally right
1: and, and I, I find that so much in my Aquarius friends, honestly, because I won't get into astrology because it's stupid, but <laughs> I've just, I've, I've, I've been married and been with women that all have a similar energy and they just need attention. Like all of it is they just need attention like all the time mm-hmm. and I'm like, Oh, I don't want that. Like, <laughs> really. But but th- but that's the thing, and so you know, to the point is like Leslie's an Aquarius too. Yeah. So you yeah, all our have birthdays like, probably, are four days apart. Isn't yeah. that crazy? Yeah. So so you have. Does it feel like you all have a deeper understanding of each other just because you're the same?
2: I think so, but you know, it it can also be like we're both cats. We always say that a lot. Oh, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like usually yes, and when we do get to that understanding, it totally clicks into place, and we fucking get it. You know, yeah, yeah. but every once in a while, we're both like. No, you be nice first. <laughs> you know? uh, I believe but, it's called a stalemate. Yeah, right? yeah, we're good. We're good at that. But when we get aqu- when we get over that stalemate, we understand each other really, really well. Yeah. And uh, you know, and we both do recharge when we have our solo time, or yeah. or maybe just time with each other outside of everything else. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, but it's it, you're right. It's really interesting. And you're one of the first people to really point out the similarities between Aquarius's Aquarii. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> And it like really makes sense for me because people have like, yeah, you know, this, this sign and that sign where they're all the same. But some of the things that you've pointed out and specifically that thing that you just said, like, it's really on the nose and you're really uh, in tune with that. Yeah.
1: And I wish I knew it earlier, honestly, because it sounds like that piece for you and Leslie is connective or when you want it to be disconnective intentionally. Mm-hmm. Right. Versus just not understanding because it, it's in a way it's like kind of a boundary. Yeah. Right. I kind of need to just have four hours by myself to do whatever <laughs> the fuck I want, yeah. which is probably nothing. Oh, OK, cool. <laughs> Most people don't understand that, you know. So anyway, that's, that's one of those things. And also, I think you have a, a very deep interest in people and in the
2: world. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it, I, I. so you were talking about my LinkedIn bio. You know, yeah. I, I recently we're about to launch the Fidencio Spirits website and it's really cool. Leslie got to build it for us and it's looking amazing. Yeah, it looks great um and i wrote my bio for that just about two weeks ago Mm. if not if not less and you know i i I remember the last time i wrote a bio for a job website and it was about five years ago i think Mm -hmm. and i was thinking back on that and this bio is just completely different and it's so you know i i barely talk about where i've been and now i'm talking more about what I've really come to cherish in this world, mm-hmm. and it's really, you know, what we're doing right now—sitting down, hanging out with people, sharing a mezcal, like l- making people laugh, uh and and to get even a little bit more sappy, you know, I I love to eat, <laughs> i love yeah, to eat good yeah, food, yeah. grew up around good food, but there's been multiple moments recently where I've had some of the best food that in a year or something, and it's like, yeah, this is good, and then. I go home and I'm with Leslie and the family or or whatever it may be and we have like a good meal and it's like, God, this food is fucking delicious. Mm-hmm. And I find like that thing that people talk about that, you know, good good food or good drink or whatever is best with when you share it. Mm-hmm. And I've truly felt that over the last like six, eight months or something. And so I feel more grounded than I ever have because of those things and realizing those things and being more in touch with those things. And I'm really grateful for where I am now with, with my relationship, with my job, uh, with, with so many things. And it's, I, I'm almost surprised to be having this realization, you know, it's, it's when you, when you come to some sort of a epiphany like that of like, oh yeah, you know, this is what I've been busting ass for. It wasn't to be brand ambassador. It was Mm -hmm. to be happy and to share stories from other people, you know,
1: (laughs) it's so weird how it sounds simple.
2: Yeah. That's well, not simple. It's not.
1: It takes a long time to get to a place where you realize that, and I mentioned this the other day, I did interview Ansley Cole. We'll talk about him. Later, but uh, brilliant guy, 81 years old now, has been in the Mescal industry just as long as Ron. But I realized that we're always looking out into the horizon to see where that destination is, and that's where we point the ship. Mm-hmm. But what we fail to realize is it's not actually about the destination. It's about the vendors that pop up, the flowers <laughs> around you, all the stuff that yeah. you're exposed to along that journey. And so I think you're i find it profoundly amazing that you're already aware of that. You know how
2: long it takes fucking people
0: to work? <laughs> Well, now I just gotta
2: work on it, you know? <laughs> now I just well, gotta yeah, now, yeah. yeah. I think but, it's
1: paying it forward maybe as, yeah. as you get older maybe some of the, the next steps were, you know. Yeah. That, that gratitude all right so Still let's go gratitude before, yeah <laughs> same, same man same so I'm trying to connect the dots obviously you get this I can tell you you're a hospitable person like you'd be good behind the bar we, I think we both can if anybody listening could be like oh that's I like this motherfucker right <laughs> like ability ski right but I do wonder why you chose to study was it environmental engineering
2: environmental engineering yeah so um you know I was always good at school uh, I did gravitate more towards the maths and the sciences and things like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the, and I, I graduated in like a top couple percent of my class at Pflugerville high school. Um, and I applied to all these really good schools and I ended up not getting into any of them. Mm. <laughs> yeah. and like something I, I'm, it was probably my own fault, but even like UT didn't let me in, be, even though I would have been automatically accepted cause they mm. didn't get my SAT scores. Mm. So probably on me, I'm going to say it was something else. Uh, sure was. <laughs> it was sure was. How but, dare you, so, UT. Colorado School of Mines, um, great engineering school in Golden, Colorado. They had they emailed me a free application one day and they accepted me and I went and visited, loved it. And they were and I was able to push my acceptance off a year. And that's when I took the gap year. Oh. Right. So I knew that I wanted to do engineering. And by new, it's I mean, like I was a high schooler with an idea. And I was like, mm-hmm. this seems like a good idea. And my friends were doing engineering. Um, so environmental sounded like the way to do something good in the Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. engineer. I didn't want to be petroleum. That that sounded bad to me, even though it doesn't have to be, uh, mechanical was very close because I always worked on cars in high school and was in auto, auto shop, auto tech and stuff like that. But environmental was like that. That has a nice ring to it. I think I could do something good with that. Yeah. And it was a great education. It really was. Um, I loved Golden, and I still go back to Golden a lot. Where is Golden? It's on the west side of Denver. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. So if you're driving like I-70 mm-hmm. up into the mountains, it's right right as you start to go uphill. If you look north past Red Rocks, it's right
0: there. Oh, place. I got you.
2: But, yeah. is,
1: that, is that where Coors is from? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so
2: I live like walking distance from the Coors Brewery nice. for a you couple years. You smell of it days. every day? Yeah, it was great. I Fresh bread it. and all yep, that shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I studied environmental engineering, graduated, pretty good grades, loved it. And I was completely burnt out by the end and never wanted to do it again. <laughs>
1: the topic itself.
2: Yeah. Like, um, I had a really cool senior design project that ended up really kind of screwing us over. Okay. Uh, they, they basically, li- like, we found out, we thought we were doing something that was actually contributing to this project. Uh-huh. It was a mine reclamation in Suriname. Cool. Wow. Yeah, it sounded really cool. But what, what kind of mine, mind you? Um, I don't remember. Okay, okay. Yeah, but it was, but it was basically me. just completely ravaged land. And mm-hmm. it was like, hey, how do we fix this? How do we clean it up? And I worked on it for a year, you know, and, 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 and when you only have four years in college working on this one project for a year, it's a big deal. Okay. And then we found out right near the end that they had actually completed the project three years ago. And it was this total, just like Bin switch. Yeah. And so it was, it was bullshit and I was tired of it. And I, I was bartending by then and loving that I was mm-hmm. like, this is what I should do. And so I hung out for a while, um, and decided to pursue bartending rather than engineering. It's, and by that, I mean hospitality, right?
1: Yeah, right, right. <laughs> yeah, which, yeah, Which, luckily, being in the brand side of it is hospitality, too. Yeah. I find all, all the peripheral stuff, I, like making... I People are like, are you industry? I'm like, fuck, you know what? I am industry, right? Because I'm like on all these different sides of it. Yeah. But...
2: There's a lot of facets to it.
1: Did you... You might have already known this, but do you like what I call servitude? Now, this is not in a weird James Spader secretary kind of way. Right? <laughs> um, just like behind the bar interacting with people. Is that something that you, you quite enjoy?
2: Oh yeah, for sure. Um, it, it's, it's the, yeah, I, I, miss it too. You know, I, I really, really love that aspect of it and it's what, you know, drew me into this, you know, the, the bar family that, that people, you know, can have and, yeah. and being able to just do something for other people. Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. I feel that it
1: again, like going back, I think people will, it's very, very discernible how warm you are, mm. you know, because, some people I interview, they're they're great. Everybody's for the most part been
2: pretty no, good. No, you're you're all awesome if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> you know who I'm talking about, those sons of bitches that were terrible.
1: No, nah, but like you can't fake earnesty. You can't you can't fake transparency and stuff. And I think that this would this is probably one of the just the, the attribute about you that probably afforded you a lot of experiences, you know. And so golden Colorado, I get it. It's west of Denver, I kinda get the vibe. I've been out there a bunch of times to Denver, that is. But Oregon makes sense. But yeah. why Oregon next?
2: Uh okay, so good question.
1: It was a girl, wasn't it?
2: <laughs> no, it wasn't. It wasn't. <laughs> uh I was single and bartending at the Golden Moon speakeasy. Um, great, great cocktail bar, really taught you know the craft to me. I you mm-hmm. know, it was the first bar that I worked in. It was a left-handed well, so I learned oh, to bartend like mostly left-handed, which was awesome. So now, you know, I can still use both hands equally. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had like 50 or 60 cocktails with 13 spirits. Oh. And I was by no means the mastermind behind that, but I absorbed it all. And so I had this really big creative itch, but Golden has this way of sucking you in that you never mm-hmm. want to leave. And I saw myself like a few months after graduating, like, you know, I could stay here forever. Mm. But I, you know, down, I kind of had that thought at the bar one day and I looked down and I saw this really nice guy. His name's Wayne. He's kind of a golden staple uh, and he's been there his whole life. I'm like, but I don't want to be like that, at mm. least not yet, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. And so it, I got the itch, I guess, <clears throat> is what you would say. Yeah. So I kiteboard as well. I love the outdoors. You know, it's that's a huge part of my life is is mountains and, and kiteboarding uh, mountain biking, things like that. Yeah. And so uh, I, w- I wanted to move to Hood River, Oregon, which is an hour east of Portland. It's skyboarding kiteboarding mecca, uh, especially in the summertime. Mm-hmm. Mount Hood's right there. You can ski. Beautiful mountain. So yeah. I was going to go there, pick up a bartending job, and live a happy little life. And uh, in in between moving from Denver to there is when I spent a bunch of time down in Mexico. Um, and the- that's when I started Chase Ricia. Um, Wait,
1: so back then? Because you couldn't have been more than what? Like, well, let me do the math, 22,
2: 23? Uh, yeah, something like that. 20, I think 23.
1: How do you even know to chase? I see it. <laughs>
2: uh right. So <laughs> um not a common word that people know, you know? <laughs> So so Star Bar in Denver. Oh, I know. Um yeah, great bar. Uh, I was actually was just there the other day with Arc oh, for nice. a quick drink. Um I was in one day and they were like you got to try this shit. They kind of knew me. Uh, I had hooked one of the guys up with some fireworks at some point. He was nice. a fire, it was really weird thing i'm not really that into fireworks anyway um, <laughs> but yeah i tasted i think it was costa and either Volcanus or tigre mm-hmm. and you know it was the craziest shit i'd ever tried I, it, you know it, it, i i still see that look on people's face all the time when i taste them on this stuff and i that it's one of my favorite things about this job is seeing their eyes light up yeah and i totally had that moment and um i was go. i basically moved into my 77 vw van for six seven weeks and drove to Baja because there's a kiteboarding spot down there. Okay, makes <laughs> so, sense. Yeah. yeah, a lot of my life kind of centers around chasing wind. That's good. Better uh, than chasing women, I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, luckily all I have to do now is chase chase wind. <laughs> 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 um, and so, yeah, I was down in, in La Ventana, which is a couple hours north of Cabo, kiteboarding, and I found La Facebook page, said, hey, by the way, can I like where can I find some product? Like, what's going on? Can I come visit? You mm-hmm. know? um and mind you like i was one year into the industry so like i didn't know that like ind- like fortaleza trip existed right or, right, like, right or like people hook you up and and in visiting places and taking care of you and providing yeah. their own hospitality and, but i got him so i got a message back and was like he saw a picture of my van with a mountain bike on top and he said hey uh yeah if you can take the ferry over meet me in guadalajara in three days and i'll take you to moscota and we'll go mountain biking and all this stuff. Was <laughs> it was Esteban. Oh man. So, so I'm like, Oh shit. Okay. Here's what I'm doing. So I get on a ferry, like a 14 hour ferry mm-hmm. in my, in my bus, get over there, driving to Guadalajara, meet up with him. And he brings me in and teaches me about Ricea. And yeah. I'm like taking notes as we're driving over speed bumps and getting some pulque along the side of the road. And, and we go to we go to Moscota and we ride bikes and drink racie together and and like the and the rest is history you know like I I was obsessed from that point on he, I mean I was obsessed when I tried it the first time but
1: yeah but he, there's something about him too you know I've had the pleasure of spending time with him and and stuff and he's a special dude
2: he is a special dude
1: and I like it because he's not a traditionalist mm-hmm. you know he I I I completely believe that he whatever the producer thinks is best is best there is no single way to make it this i did give you just a, an example I, I post beyond getting shit for making so tall or whatever the fuck you want to call it in Texas but uh <laughs> but i posted a picture of the firmat <laughs> and so he trolls me and we know each other right like yeah and he's like oh plastic's horrible <laughs> <laughs> and i'm because it's like a 55 gallon pl- I'm like what the fuck are you talking about? He's like, I'm just kidding. Some of the best stuff I've had. I'm like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So he's that kind of guy where he's yeah. so open to all the, and that's honestly, that culture of how open he is translates to every one of the brands y'all have, mm-hmm. you know, infidencio spirits. And it translated. like RX got that beautiful openness as well. You know? Mm-hmm. All right. So you make it to hood, hood
2: river. river? Uh, I, I end up moving to Portland cause that's where all the jobs are. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Lived there for a few years. It was great. Um, Ended up meeting Leslie at Tales of the Cocktail like my first or second year up there. But
1: you, that you were in town for, you didn't live there. Right, okay, yeah, good. she lived
2: in New Orleans and she ended up moving up and we lived in Portland for a few years together. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, good, good. So we lived there for like three and a half years together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she she wow. really, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I commend her still for doing that. We still make jokes of that bad idea she made about five years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we met five years ago at this Tales of the Cocktail coming up next week. That's crazy. yeah. Um, it's a good chunk of time. Yeah. And so, you know, I ran a small bar, worked at Urban Farmer up there, which was a steakhouse. Still don't know anything about steak. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then I started working for a small brokerage called uh, Strongwater Beverages. Yeah. Uh, with gin, uh, Four gin, Roses, right? Yeah. Four yeah. Roses was our main brand. Um, they are no longer with them, but they, I introduced RX Portfolio Fidencio Spirits, um, at least like Esteban's portion of it, mm-hmm. because that's what I knew. And we ended up absorbing them in near the end um which was really cool That's so, so cool. before i was doing this i i brought them in which is which was great and yeah portland was awesome man we we loved it up there but the winter sucked yeah and when covid happened we, we were actually going to move to medita in the in the oh, really? yeah um but because of covid we decided nope let's scrap that idea and instead we bought a four transit van built it out lived in that for a year and then uh did
1: you so because we've talked about this and yeah you talked about your proclivities towards auto repair which is Sure, should have f- f- very very f- easy or rather a, a convenient thing to yeah. have when you're doing that, right? But did you you set set on the road, which was, was good. But did you know you were going to end up back in Texas?
2: Um, you you mean after when we moved out of Portland? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we. So my parents are great. They uh they've got this this shed that we cleaned up in an alleyway. So we actually lived there for about four, I think, four months and yeah. built the van out. Um, so that was really cool. So it's, you know, 60 hour work weeks, like nonstop committed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I went a little bit nuts, you know, like everybody was like, you should take a break. I'm like, but we got to go January 14th yeah. or something like that, you know? but Yeah. Um, uh, yeah so I, I, I didn't really see that. It was all kind of a spur of the moment idea uh, that happened from a trip last this backing up uh, during COVID. Leslie and I took a trip in my 77 VW Mm -hmm. down to Texas and back, which was awesome. But that damn thing broke down so many freaking times on that trip. Like even 20 miles from home, the clutch cable broke and stuff like that. You know, it's just like, not. so three, literally three days after we got home, we were at the Ford dealership putting a deposit down on a new van (laughs) and I sold that VW. I still have a tattoo of the thing. Like, I love that van and it's getting a new life from somebody now, which is really beautiful. That's so great. Um, But yeah, so we ended up in Texas unexpectedly, sort of. And then moved into this van and traveled for like 11 months straight. And it was just absolutely wonderful.
1: You know how you, when you were doing your hiking and your backpacking through Peru, right? Or through South America, you mentioned things that you kind of learned, right? Seems a very formative experience. How, were there any big personal growth or loss or any of it that you learned while you were traveling in a van with your partner?
2: Absolutely. That was... We we still say that if we could survive that together, we can survive anything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, what
1: the, what's the biggest challenge there? I mean, I, I can uh, assume, but I don't. I don't want do to. Yeah,
2: <laughs> you know, there's a few. Um, I think you know, going back to saying, you know, we can both be cats. When you're both cats in a small space, mm. that can kind of compound on itself. Mm-hmm. And when you let that go for a couple of days, it feels suffocating, and you don't really realize it until you start talking about it. You know, and then and it happened to us a few times but we also worked through those times and we worked through some some really challenging moments of that were truly just the result of being around the same person hours and hours and hours non-stop with mm-hmm. zero relief because you know it's we were outside we were doing things but like specifically when the weather's cold you you're, you can't spend much time outside you're you're in that van yeah and you're next to each other and and you might not have anything to talk about, mm-hmm. and that might be frustrating. Or you might just be on edge that day for no particular reason. And it's just dealing, ma- managing your own emotions mm-hmm. and taking care of the other person in those moments is really what we learned. And so we learned a lot about how to take care of each other, I yeah. suppose, and how to talk to each other and how to realize when we do need to talk or something like that. And and so, yeah, we, we've definitely learned a lot that and and chat and were challenged a lot that gave us i think a lot of confidence in ourselves wow. moving forward
1: that's man that's amazing because i i look at that because that's you know if if you if during shutdown you had a partner right which i did you know here was with leslie um and i look back and the reason i ask you this is because i hadn't really said this before but like i could have done better you know i could have been a better partner i could have been and i this was not therapy or anything. but it i think that there were things that we all could have learned we that we did absolutely learn about ourselves Mm -hmm. and other things that could have been missed opportunities yeah you know i think i was a little too busy trying to bring others together versus the person that's like right next to me yeah you know and that's if, that may be the most poignant thing I've said in seven years about, <laughs> about, about on the show, but but anyway.
2: Well, so what are you gonna take take away from that? I suppose.
1: Well, there's two ways to look at. it, I suppose, right? You take away and say, "I'm willing to give," and, and I say "give up," which has a negative connotation. I don't mean it that way. Uh, maybe budget time, mm-hmm. like either I better budget time for someone because I'm doing all the things, right? Or I realize that what are the feasible and the confines of my my schedule or or my creative process or bringing people together, all the projects, that that just allows me a certain amount of time and that I can only really, this doesn't mean I'm like off on call or like you can't call me or whatever. It's not about that. But that for me to give you present, unadulterated time, it's maybe less than what you've had with other people and other relationships. I think maybe that's that's the thing. And and I've I've never... First time I've ever articulated this out loud, um, but very, but that's the thing, right? Like shut down, really encouraged all of us to figure something out.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Not sure what it was for everybody, but something, you know. And I'm glad to, to, to hear because, you know, I won't say some things that I know that we we're talking about in the kitchen, but it brought you closer together. And to me, that is the greatest product of what was a hardship in a yeah. sense right
2: yeah and and, and i i do want to be clear you know we can all always do better right oh there, sure 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 yeah and and i know we all know that but man there were if i try not to dwell on it too much but man i if i could go back and fix some of those moments mm-hmm. in a more proactively you know we would have had an even better time in that van all yeah. year, you know? Yeah. And I think that's something that I'm trying to do now moving forward is be a bit more proactive about it and a little bit less uh, selfish. Yeah, you know? but that's, again, you got so much time
1: to be even a greater man than you are today yeah. and to think that you're thinking about it already. I wasn't fucking thinking about that. i <laughs> fucking trying, man. fucking trying. Well, there... The greatest collection of spirits, I think I will say this. we were talking about Maison du Whisky or La Maison in Velier, right? I told Jean, who was in that church just a few days ago, they're in rum and Cognac and armagnac, right? That's their specific, um, European stuff. Mm-hmm. And I told them, I said, for what y'all put your fingerprints on, thumbprints, if you will, it's probably the best, with one other exception, in the world. So you make a thing and you put it out, I'm on board. And an even bigger group of amazing spirits is Fidencio Spirits. Let me do some of the, the, the marketing work. Yeah, you, please right? do. Um, <laughs> so, base, which I first got exposed to many years ago with Sergio. Uh, I was super drunk, still interviewed him, and he's a fellow Aquarius as well. But anyway, so we are drinking Durumbes San Luis Potosí, I believe. And then I went to the headquarters where they bottled. And then La Higuera came out as Sotol was growing. And then Rancho Tapua, which we have a close relationship with here in Texas with Roberto Contreras Jr. And then there's the, there's the new tequila, which is Mikasa, right? Mikasa, yeah. Michoacan distilled, but agaves uh, from Jalisco, is that what I... Uh, other way around, yeah. It's, it. the, okay.
2: it's the first like single-state Michoacan tequila, so to speak. And it was wow. distilled in Jalisco. And really beautiful family project as well. Amazing.
1: Which, yeah, because yeah. they, they got in touch. Because one of the things is that that again during shutdown that was a very nice byproduct of it is i held over 20 30 tastings for free always just so people could come taste the thing and what it's done is built a very very fortified and strong group of agave and mezcal people which the same thing again but and so then that's how we kind of met and that's how i mean i knew it before that but it's a really really good community and i know i'm oh like la is still part of the mm-hmm. fam right and then you've got this other so the other, like, rice that we tried. was that? Uh,
2: El Lobo de la Sierra. Uh-huh. Um, he, uh, El Lobo also makes Puntas for the and Nosa Oh, label. okay. And so this is a little bit more of his family brand that he was able to start up because of the success of Puntas. That's and he's about to come cool. out with two two more labels as well that yeah. we're really excited for.
1: So we're, you know, we're talking, again, because, oh, believe me, I'll ask you more questions, but I'm so excited about you and Arik and everybody that's involved, and so you got stuff from Alisco, you got stuff from Oaxaca, Durango, San Luis Potosi,
2: Tamaulipas, mm-hmm. Sonora. I think I think eleven states. What the I fuck? Think, I think maybe <laughs> nine states. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's a, it's a vast portfolio. I'm just, I, I'm I'm so thankful that I get to work with it every day. It's Man, amazing, yeah. and you know, it's it. And Arik has really done. So much to build this uh, mm-hmm. along with his partners, uh, w- in whatever you know realm yeah, you want to yeah, talk yeah. about them. You know, Esteban's one, Sergio's the other, mm-hmm. uh, his founder Amy from back in the day when they started Fidencio Mezcal, which is what started everything off in the late 2000s. How can I, yeah, um, and now I get to work with these guys like the hell happened to you know, what, this what, is was, awesome. the call? what
1: was the call so, like when they offered you the job?
2: Oh, yeah, man, it was uh, I, I'm pretty sure I cried a little, yeah, um. Oh, okay. <laughs> Well, it, it was really amazing how it kind of came back around. Um, my So Arik was out. He was going out for this event in Oregon with uh, my old boss, Jen, and the Strongwater Beverage team. And she had asked me to come out and be the photographer because I do some side photography stuff and I yeah. did some for her. So so I was out there and I got to meet Arik and his wife, Courtney, and we really hit it off. And, and, you know, I've been traveling. And so, like, my mind was free of all of these work things I was trying to think about it because it's becoming the end of the year and so I'm starting to apply to one thing here one mm-hmm. thing there my heart wasn't really in it but I was like this would be a good job uh maybe this would work out but we met hit it off we ended up having a day in Portland after the event and uh yeah we we chatted about two weeks later and I was actually back in outside of Portland Maine at that point um and he offered me what I wanted and I didn't even think that I could get health benefits these days. And he was like, and health benefits, of course, right? And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, that. I meant to say that, you know? And it was just this groundbreaking moment that I just felt my whole world drop. Yeah. Uh, and so, and Leslie was right there with me. She was like, holy crap. Because when I first met her, I was pouring her tea gray. Like, uh-huh. you need to taste this, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so, yeah, it, you know, it's, it's really challenging to describe these types of moments in words, as you know. But it was yeah. unbelievable. I would just couldn't believe. I still can't believe it. I still can't believe I'm here doing this. Uh, and I just, I'm so excited for the future to learn everything that I can from ARK and all these other folks and to meet everybody that's making these beautiful expressions. Cause I, I've met a handful of them, but there's so many that I want to meet right. and look forward to meeting. And you know, the, the next several years and 10 years are going to be really exciting for us as Fidencia spirits, like both personally and as a team. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause he, uh, so Courtney, his wife, mm-hmm. also joined the team I saw that. That's about great. a month or so after I did. So it went from Arik sporting, sporting his backpack around the mm-hmm. US to Arik and Courtney and Cameron <laughs> sporting their roller bags around the US, I guess. But uh, yeah, so it was it's a pretty massive, sp- it was right? special. Yeah, super special.
1: And I, I don't think a lot of people know, and I, I definitely want to talk about this bottling of electric you yeah. in a second, but I don't think a lot of people know. I didn't see a press release or anything. But I know it's no knowledge that Orhan use is now part of yeah. being imported by Fidencio Spirits.
2: Yep, we signed with Orhan Reyes back in January. So that was um that was really exciting. You know, this is a this is a really um this is a brand with a lot of purpose. Mm-hmm. Um and really wholesome purpose. You know, the that what they want to do is is kind of bring Mezcal back to the home, back to the heart, back to the, what, what it means within their cultures and their traditions and share it within that. And, you know, every step of the process that they're doing is with care and with love rather with the idea of, Oh, we need to be better than that or do this better. It's, it's about taking care of everything. Mm -hmm. And the result is something that feels really wholesome and that they're really proud of, and we're really proud to be working with them. And so, you know, Aziz Cortez, his dad, Don Valle, uh, Bildo and, and the Saravia family from Durango, um, The uh, Don Carlos and his family from northwest Durango, mm-hmm. and uh, we're, we're going to have five expressions all together, uh, I think uh, four from Durango, and then a kind of a seasonal or yearly release from uh, the Cortez Palinque out of Oaxaca from oh, the Central nice. Valleys. So the, the next one coming out will be an año. That's awesome. Oh, wow. Um, so, yeah, or Henry's. It's, it's really, really exciting. I can't wait to get rolling on it.
1: When you There was something we talked about, too, when we were driving back from Blanco. You mentioned there was an agave that they'd never used before, that there's a special, like, t- tiger or something?
2: Oh, you know uh, Puma. About? Puma. Oh, there Puma. you go.
1: Yeah, tell me about that a little bit.
2: Oh, man, I'm, I'm going to have to remember. Um, So in that area, there's this, Uh, it's one, of he said, it's one of his favorite, agaves Mm -hmm, that he's ever mm -hmm. ever had um and it's a it's a small agave that tends to hide kind of within the trees and and he's calling it puma because you walk by it and you don't see it and it scratches you Mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. and it's really really exciting and really good and so i think there's a batch um down there, and it's and it's in the works. You know, we're working on getting the rest of the five main SKUs in right now, yeah. and then that's going to be probably one of the next projects. Like, so, yeah. But they're experimenting down there. So, uh, three three of the expressions come from Rancho Lojo mm-hmm. uh, outside of Durango City, and um, Asisa's dad built that distillery, and it's on the Saravia's Ranch. Oh, cool! And so it's it's a you know combination of family efforts there, and they're experimenting with what else they have available there. But um, everything is amazing. Everything's amazing. It's
1: yeah, it's that's you know, I remember I used to collect basketball cards, uh, baseball cards too like in the early 90s, uh mid 90s too. And I've said this a couple times in the podcast. I remember when the dream team formed for the for the <laughs> USA Olymp- or the Olympics, I can't remember where they little hammer some some shit. I can't remember where they were held that. But you got Jordan, you got Patrick Ewing. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Like one white guy. I think it was Christian Leitner, actually. Um, but anyway, so you just, you never realized they've tore it up and they won, like, everything. Because it was so much talent in one place. And that is what Arx has effectively done. Is he's created the portfolio of the strongest agave, or whatever the fuck, those spirits in, like, one place. Mm-hmm. No one's done it like that.
2: And then the, that guy has crushed it, man. Yeah. And
1: then, he, then he, and I won't mention it—the the name of it—he told me. But apparently, there's another thing that he wants to do. Yeah. That he was telling me about. I'm like,
2: that's gonna be really exciting too. We'll tell you about it later. Yeah. Like, I was it? like, you're gonna do another thing?
1: Oh man. See, this is why I think he and I get along so much, and he's so chill. But you've had some good time with him. It sounds like since you got hired on.
2: Oh yeah, it's it was like instant brotherhood. Um, yeah. And at the, but at the same time, you know, I look up to him so much, and there's so much to learn from him. And yeah, he's my boss, but also like we're I feel like we were friends from the get go. Yeah, yeah. And Courtney as well. So it's it's funny you mentioned the dream team because our group text is called the dream team. Is it really? Oh, see. I mean, even... uh that yeah, means... no, we we get along impressively well. And I think that was part of the start of all this, you know? Yeah. Like I I'm still shocked by how much trust you put in me from the beginning. Mm. You know, it was kind of like, "Okay, you're hired on. We're going to work together and do these like computer things for the first month." And here's your travel schedule. Go and get it, you know. Mm-hmm. And it was like, "Have at it, brother." And but like,
1: like, here's and I'll say this thing again. And this, I only do it because I, I really I love people. I love them. He saw what I see, you know. He knew. It's like I guess, I guess so. This you know. this this is the guy, you know. And that's why I called him or text whatever the fuck I did. Um, but after spending that time with you. He did it. I mean, this is the guy. This is the guy. You know, so it's been great getting to know you too. But I, I want to step into this Rancho Tapuo real quick. Yeah, let's do that. And I, I, because I really like Roberto and what he's doing out there. This was a pick that uh, Leslie and I both did. Should might get mad if I didn't. <laughs> I'm sure we did. I'm sure, sure we did. But it's a really beautiful spirit, and I'll tell you this: when I see this bottle on the shelf, at like restaurants and shit.
2: Yeah. Mm,
1: it it feels pretty good because it, right, I'll give you one more specific. I did a tasting for some tech company. I did a mezcal tasting. And the guy who I, was a mate of mine, he had me in, scheduled me and everything. And He said, can we do the Rancho T- T- Tapua pick? I'm like, uh-huh. Nice. And so we're sitting there. These are people that know about mezcal, and I've taught a lot of classes for this particular startup, different category, scotch and stuff. But they're all drinking the Rancho T- Tapua and we're all, it's a class of like 30 people. And I'm like, guys, can we take a picture for Roberto? <laughs> because sometimes they don't know the impact of their work. Yeah. And that was one of those moments where I was proud of being able to be a connector. Mm-hmm. You know, anyway, but this is from Sonora, which is a whole different style in terms of not production, necessarily, but flavor. But what's, what's your take on this particular electric gear you know, from Ron Fetupua? Woo. Oh, man. Well, changed. first, cheers, man. Salute.
2: This has been fantastic. Yeah, thank you. I love it, man. This nose. I mean, it's just so beautiful and soft and elegant and well put together. I think you know I've tried, um, yeah, beautiful pick by the way. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, I've tried some of the older expressions from Roberto, and I I I've only met him uh, dig, uh, virtually mm. so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, super nice guy and really proud to represent his products um cuz they're all really really good uh something i like about him is you know he he lived in the US mm-hmm. and i think he has this progressive mentality of continuing to do the best he can and not be n- and not stop where he's you know happy but right. uh knowing that that he can continue to build upon what he's already built and what i've tasted over the uh, from expressions from the last several years this is one of the best and it's like well it can't get much better than this can it (laughs) you know right but we'll see what else he wants to do and what else he's feeling ambitious to put out and knowing his day-to-day life you know he he's working with with uh Desilirion, he's working uh-huh. with agaves. He's ranching every day. Yeah. And his dad's you know,
1: not as principally involved because he got
2: kicked in the head by a horse. Right? Yeah, so like, like and he's getting married. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, I think and it's coming up here. Yeah. This, this, the, this <coughs> is a great example of like the more you learn about somebody that's making these spirits, the better it tastes. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think this is a really good example.
1: It's it's cool, and you know sometimes, and I, I'll just keep drawing the same comparison, but sometimes because Eric knew with you, Ark knew with you, right? I tasted six samples from Roberto that that Ark sent to me. But I knew that this was it, man. Sometimes the spirit just tells you. Mm -hmm. It's like, this is fucking brilliant.
2: Yeah, I I was kind of excited to bring this one today. Because, you know, we're tasting with with the group that it's picked for, right? (laughs) (laughs) But I asked you, and you have about 25 people or so that are coming. Probably 10 have had it. Yeah. If,
1: If not less, which makes it even more exciting. Yeah. Honestly. Because... there's a community and and in some sense i'm because i've created so many brands over over you know 10 years or whatever and if people say "The texas Mescal and tequila society equals (laughs) quality then you know (laughs) then we're we're in a good place and then you get people that will trust the group and they should because we're doing things the right way and
2: and you started the group right yeah yeah. Yeah. again When, when was that <laughs> or you okay? You you had
1: a Leslie will also say anyway. This, this is, <laughs> All this right, you were one ask of the people her started. Okay. Um, but yeah, so I started it. Okay, and this has been, uh, this was before, or just after we started doing uh mezcal classes in person. Okay, which did a bunch of those just to like bring people in. S- seldom charged people. Mostly would just ask brands and say like here you know. Um, but it's been at least for three and a half four years. Three and a half the times okay like fucking weird, thing, and right? and
2: there's quite a, quite a few folks in it now.
1: Yeah, right? like it's we're approaching two thousand people. That's
2: amazing. Yeah, that's awesome, man. That's it's really
1: cool. It's a cool thing, and I will throw someone out just like a fucking bouncer if they disrespect each other. That's the thing that's been really really important because yeah. smoke agave can turn into sh- I, you know, I've been called a colonizer on smoke agave <laughs> and stuff and like i don't care if it's true or not but like this is not the way we're having this conversation yeah so i'll shut it down anyway so this pick is is beautiful fully integrate you know bring Mm -hmm. the people in we picked it for y'all y'all get to try it and i damn well guarantee you if there's any bottles left which are just very few from my knowledge they'll be gone this week you know yeah so it's it's a great event so all right i got two questions left for you because we're doing this amazing tasting tonight we'd be doing it outside if we didn't all die at 100, 100 degrees. <laughs> it's freaking but you, li- you like you like the, the, the education part of it? Like you're gonna have this audience tonight that's interested, smart, and exactly the kind of folks that or would love Fidencio mm-hmm. spirits, you know. How do you do you enjoy that being on stage part of it?
2: I do, actually. And I, I <clears throat> the first time I ever taught something was back in college, I think um I think I was a junior and the year before I'd gotten into software programming mm. for a while, buddy got me into it and I did I did like an internship and I was pretty good at it. But then I went back to school and environmental took back over and I basically lost it all. But I was asked to come in and teach this class for my buddy like a year after I'd done all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And so I pretty much just regurgitated what I could remember from that internship that I had. And I had a one hour presentation and I got to put it together. And I was like, I don't know what I'm talking about, but they enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. They all they had questions that I was able to answer. And it ended up being like a really rewarding experience for me. And I, I remember that moment because I left feeling a lot more uh, like a, a lot more content and a lot happier than I really expected to be. Yeah. Wow. Like I I was nervous and I was like, I don't think I should be doing this. And I left very satisfied. Um, So I kind of always knew that I enjoyed the teaching aspect. Mm-hmm. And now I absolutely love it. I really do. Especially when it hits home, especially when it's right. And, it's, but it, there's also this funny contradictory aspect of it to me that, you know, the more you learn, the more you learn, you don't know type of thing. Oh yeah, for sure. And the, the, the more presentations I do and the deeper I get into all of this stuff, I start to get almost more nervous. Like, yeah. I don't know what I'm talking about, you know, <laughs> <laughs> which I know isn't true. Um, But it's, I think, I think it's, a, I, I, I enjoy that. I, I actually do enjoy that feeling yeah. because I know it means that I, that I care and that I want to continue to dive deeper into it, right? Um, and and become better at it, you know. So, you, but yeah, I I really do the education part. Like that's that's one of the, that's the best part, I think. I think besides so besides sharing mezcal with friends, you know. Yeah, but if you can do both, yeah. Some, if somehow which usually here. I'm I'm usually <laughs> sharing a mezcal while I'm educating. That's right, right? It's really <laughs> like a bit, dream know? dream gig.
1: Yeah, but I have this saying. I I probably stole you know honesty i just can't remember from who it was a celebrity or a writer or something i stole it but a guy this is specifically to towards like agave pointed out agave but if you're the smartest person in the room go find another room <laughs> yeah. that's my my whole i don't want to be that that guy mm-hmm. and i tried to never unless needed show people what i know because it's not important yeah, This comes full circle. It's all about listening, right? Right. Because you learn more about listening than you ever will from talking. Yeah. All right, so my last question for right. you.
2: And and on, on top of that, like I think a really important thing for anybody teaching about brands is it's not about what you know. It's about knowing what you need to give your audience. To- yeah. Absolutely. Play and the hits. Yeah, man. Yeah, play the hits. <laughs> Go over their head if they want to, but otherwise keep it in their wheelhouse and mm-hmm. make them make them go home happier and more knowledgeable than before
1: you empower them yeah that's the whole point yeah and after all these years of teaching and i'll see students out telling other people no, about Mescal when they learned from me mm-hmm. or what the, i wouldn't you know i was what one, one of the impetus or impetite whatever and it's just like okay that's what it's about yeah you know let people know what they want to know and see what what they do with the knowledge. You know, they can weaponize it if they want, or they, they can bring other people in, which is, I think, what we want from Pascal. Yeah. All right, so you know the last question. I'm I do. Um, have uh, you, uh, did you already think Rumble. of an answer? Did you already think of an answer?
2: Yeah.
1: Um, so I'm going to try to trip you up. Then, I knew you, you know.
2: were going to try to trip me up. I knew this whole thing was going to be tripped up at the end. Like, I knew that we were going to have this exact interaction. Because <laughs> we already talked about this.
1: Okay. 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 All right. Do you, all right. Uh, well, do. do you prefer music, or do you prefer film?
2: Um... Music. Music. Okay. But I'm not going to, I'm not that deep in that world.
1: But you enjoy it more. Yeah,
2: I do. I do.
1: What about art and music? Whether that's words on the page or painting. What do you prefer? Art. Okay. Okay. Well, here we go. So I don't care who it is. It could be your favorite. Any artist. Living or deceased.
2: Oh, man. I don't think I can name a single really (laughs) um but i'm sorry finish your question no i mean you already know what i think everybody Everybody knows knows what the questions are gonna be yeah well i mean okay so in the back of my head i was thinking well we're drinking art we're like you know so um so my my answer would be what's the one
1: you thought about the, the answer you thought you were gonna give me
2: uh, okay, I'm gonna. Yeah, I want to give you that. Let's circle back around. <laughs> Apparently, I can't be tripped up, or I I am tripped up. You tripped me up. You, you successfully tripped me up. Well done. Um, my answer was gonna be to a famous person, living or deceased, who I could sip a mezcal with. Yeah, yeah there you go. <laughs> uh, Alexander Humboldt. Um, Tell me more. I don't know. I'm not familiar. I don't, so, don't think. Um, so he. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I yeah, yeah, told you yeah, about this, about reading, this guy. Yeah. yeah, because, um, you know, I. I never read very many books that aren't either within environmental engineering back in college or since then, booze-related. Yeah, Uh, It's always been like, hey, if I'm going to be spending the time to read, I need to be improving upon my knowledge base. It's going to help me in my interest that I'm I'm pursuing as a career, right? Um, But a lot of that changed over the last couple of years when we had more time for COVID, and especially when I was living in the van. It was like, great, I'm going to read as many non-industry-related books as I can. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think it's... Alexander Humboldt's book, something about nature, but anyway, he, this guy has more things named after him in the world than anybody else. Hmm. He was basically a, like an Eastern European scientist, I think, in the, in the like early to mid 1800s, if not a little bit earlier than that. And a lot of his work influ- influenced people like Darwin and stuff like that. And you know, there, there's things like there, there's an Alexander Humboldt National Forest in like Arizona, and he's never even stepped foot in Arizona. Stuff like that. So wow. uh, he's the one that created the concept of as you go up a mountain, the climate changes in the same way that it changes when you go north in um, latitude. Oh, shit. right. So so, so forward that, versus up. Wow. Yeah. So that that concept of you can ex- explore the same uh, diversity in climates and and microclimate or sorry microclimates would be the mm-hmm. way as you go up a mountain, rather than having to travel thousands of miles from you know the southern part of North America to the northern part of North America he's the one that really coined that term and developed that idea and stuff like that. Wow. So, um, and it's been a couple of years since I've read his book at this point and he probably has more books, but he just, he was one of the most influential people that people don't talk about Yeah. in in the science world. Yeah, and I right. found everything he did absolutely fascinating. And wow. he was also like pretty sure, you know, um, he'd never left the closet, you know, like mm. it's like he never had a wife tesla had A lot of speculative uh, lovers, but nobody really knew. He went back and forth between uh, like his his Prussian royalty situation and Paris a whole lot, wow. and he lived this really fascinating life and wrote some really great books and stuff. So yeah, I think it would be really great to hang out with that guy for an afternoon.
1: Yeah. Wow. He sounds yeah. fascinating.
2: It's it's a it's a really fascinating story.
1: See, so, yeah, th- I need to start taking more notes because people are telling me these amazing people I'm not familiar with. I don't follow up on it, but I should.
2: I I, I'll, I think I texted you that link. You did.
1: Time. Yeah, yeah. I've got it. I've got it. So I just yeah. need to do that for me.
2: There's your note, Mike G. Yeah, there you go. Thanks. Thanks, Cameron. <laughs> Thanks a lot.
1: So it's going to be a good night, man. Yeah, I'm uh, excited. I can feel, you know, the crowds, they're not here yet, but the crowds can be warming up and all this. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a really connective evening for all of us. And your mom made enchiladas, for, which that's.
2: I'm so excited yeah she so my my mom and my and my stepdad they're they're coming and she makes of course she makes the best stacked green chicken enchiladas of anybody in this world yeah and um, so so she made some for us. And there's they're going in the oven here in a minute. Yeah, right, right, right.
1: 350 if I recall.
2: 350 for 30 40 minutes, yeah. Okay. Don't well, mess good. It up. actually that's perfect. It's perfect. Perfect timing. Holy so, shit. So, yeah, it's going to be f- I'm really excited to have them here because, you know, they haven't really gotten to see me work a whole lot. Uh, yeah. behind the bar a few times and stuff like that and in, in random spots, but uh it means a lot that they want to be here. And and my stepdad, he loves he loves mezcal. Oh, that's great. Everything, you know.
1: Well, the, we have a good evening in store for him as, as well. Then. We really do. I think everybody's going to love it, man. Finally, we made this happen. Uh, this is great, man. I admire thank you. you greatly. Thank you for taking the time out. And the evening is just beginning, Cameron.
2: I feel really honored that we've become friends. And I thank Seriously. you so much to welcome us into your home. Yeah, and, and this, love it. You're, Which, you're a good one, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm <laughs> gonna... <laughs> uh, On occasion. I so uh, yeah. Today today might be one of those. Every pictures. occasion I've met you. Yeah, well, <laughs>
1: It's good chatting. Talk soon, yeah?
2: Yeah, talk soon. Cheers, brother.
1: Well, there we have it. Cameron Hulk of Fidencio Spirits. Well-traveled, well-drunk, I guess you could say, and all these beautiful spirits in the Fidencio Spirits portfolio. Kind of like some of the best stuff in the game. You know, I consider PM Spirits some of the best in the game for more rums and French spirits and stuff. They got some great agave too, but you know, Arik and Cameron over there, Fidencio No one does it bigger. No one does it better. And such a great team of folks, great deal of makers with such pride and such skill. It's been just a massive pleasure to get to know those folks over there. And if you haven't tried, you know, ranch with tapua or the, the the room based stuff. I mean, man, there's so much great stuff to try from that portfolio. And I hope you guys feel more connected to Cameron. You know, it's it's cool. I was thinking about this the other week. I was talking to my friend. There are a lot of people that I was their first interview. And it doesn't seem like a thing that's maybe important or just kind of something in passing. But honestly, it's been cool to be the first person that gets to and introduce in a way some of these folks, like media wise, and see their careers kind of take off. And it's really it's it's a cool experience. And it, it makes me feel like a guidance counselor kind of. I'm not really sure what that's about, but Thanks, everybody, for listening to Show to V with Mike G. No matter how close you are to nailing your third fragrance, and I'm very, very close, or if you're thinking, I need to watch Prey tonight. Everybody keeps saying it's a good Predator movie. Please, keep dancing.